raven-haired raven. Night of the Raven. That's the title I'm going to use for today's episode. Night of the Raven. Raven could mean many things. Color. A person's name. A bird. A bird is considered a raven. Member of the crow family. Now why raven of the night? Well, I'm a night person. Or used to be. On the weekends, I consider myself to be a night person. But on the weekdays, when I know I have to get up the next morning to go to work, sad to say, I'm beginning to become a morning person. Even though now with the changing of the clocks going back, and we get that extra hour of sleep, so when you wake up in the morning, at 5 in the morning, it's still dark. When you leave the house, it's dark. And then it gets lighter by the time 7 o'clock rolls around. Right? But then on the weekends, you think, I don't have to get up to go to work. I don't have to get up because guess what? I can stay up to a certain time. Because again, raven. Raven of the night. That's a beautiful bird, by the way, raven. The name itself is beautiful too, raven. I said if I ever had to change my name for whatever reason, I would change it to raven. Maybe spell it a little differently, but but still have the same meaning. They're going to say, well, why are we on this topic? I'm feeling down, depressed. Now I was talking to one of my LinkedIn contacts, and he goes, you're making a difference in this world. You're a shining light. Well, maybe, but I feel that my light is getting dimmer and dimmer, and I think about the end of the year, and I don't know, again, if I'll be around to see what's going to develop 2023. I'm trying to try to be positive. It's difficult. You know, everyone is going through some type of a crisis, and everybody has to find a way to come together, right? You know, I always want to lend my hand to the people that need it the most, but I always feel like I'm failing. I'm trying my very best to help others out and not getting that recognition. You know, you want to make a name for yourself, right? I do want to be a celebrity, but not the celebrity that's on television. Because there are many different definitions of the word celebrity. A lot of people think, well, a celebrity means someone who's seen on TV. No. You could be a celebrity and do things, and you don't have to be on TV, but your name could be mentioned. Actually, on an email that was sent to me, who's who? They picked my name as a professional. We want to mention you in a magazine. I'm like, okay, what do I have to do? There's always a catch to these emails, though. You have to either pay or subscribe. And I'm like, well, wait a minute now. If you're mentioning my name and you want to put me out there, why do I have to pay? Then it's, it's, it's for nothing, basically. Every time it comes up, it's like an, almost like a reward to the top people in the business world. Well, I don't want to consider myself to be anything but a normal working woman who's trying to survive in this world. I'm trying. And I want to be the type of woman that gets recognized for everything she does in her life, as well as the lives of other people. You know, you can make a difference and become well-known in the world. I thought by doing a podcast, that's what I could do. Bring my voice and eventually you'll see what I am on a video. I was going to do a series of videos starting with taking a trip to the cemetery 
so you could see where I go on the weekends. Sometimes I go see my parents, spend time with them. Other times I don't want to be there because it's a constant reminder that that's where they're at now. Even though it's been so many years, although my father's been gone for so many years and it felt like yesterday that he was around. And my mother, well, I still can't get over her death. I still can't get past it. Does time heal all wounds? Depends on who you ask. Then I hear the news of Davido and his and his family losing a three-year-old son from drowning. And you ask yourself, why God, why? Why are people constantly going? Why are people dying? Why? Why can't we just find a way to protect them, to heal them, to make them better, just to watch over them? You feel bad when you lose a child, a spouse, a family member. It takes so much over you. And you say to yourself, why am I here and they're not? Why am I enjoying life and they're not? Why am I experiencing life and they're not? My mother had a lot of inspiration, a lot of wisdom. She was a wise, knowledgeable woman without, a, without an education of any kind. Both my mother and father were pretty smart, and they didn't have an education at all. Now, they could have easily said, okay, I'm going to go back to school and become something. They didn't have to do that because they were smart. I was more of their student not their teacher. They were my teachers, I was a student. I would ask them questions and they would just give me what I wanted. They led me to believe that life is gonna be challenging. As you get older, life does get challenging. The question is, can you handle it? Can you handle the crisis? Can you handle the problem? Can you handle it? Because if you can't handle it, there's a problem right there. I ask myself this question all the time. A lot of people out there are trying to make it in this world. A lot of people are trying to survive. When I call myself Raven of the Night, I'm able to talk about or be up at that time of night just to reflect, just to think, just to be. I want people to experience me. I want people to know who I am, the kind of woman I am. And not someone who's going to give up, give in. If you give in to all of life's problems and crisis and challenges, then you're never going to defeat. You're never going to be able to resolve right? Everybody has a problem that they're dealing with right now. It could be a family crisis, a tragedy that they're trying to heal from. You know, I watched people die. Some of it was very beautiful to watch, others not so much. I see people suffering from pain. It's the hardest thing in the world. That image will always be with you. When I watched my mother go through her pain, she couldn't hold her head up. She couldn't eat. She lost the will to live at that moment. And I thought, Mom, why are you doing this? Remember when you told me that I shouldn't give up when I was going through my illness? Why are you doing that? She goes, because I've lived a good long life. I can't live with this type of pain. Would you want to live 
with that type of pain. No, you wouldn't. You want to be released from the pain. Whether it's a physical pain or emotional pain, it's pain. Any type of pain you're experiencing, you want to be released from it. But you also have to understand something. There's a part of you that has to go on. If you have someone in your life, you have to think about them. If you say to me, I can't go on, you're only thinking of yourself. You're not thinking of the person that's in your life. What would happen if you made that statement? If you came out and said, I want to go. I want to just disappear. I want to die. Then you're not thinking about the people in your life. You're only thinking of yourself. My friend from a long time ago, ex-friend actually, when I was in school, I had thoughts. This was after, no, actually before my father passed away. One or two years before when I was still in college, my first year in college. And I was studying people. I had a habit of doing that, just looking at people, watching the body language, watching how they interacted with the rest of the world. Because you ask yourself, if you're having problems, you don't want to reveal to anybody what you're dealing with because you may scare people away. But if you have a true friend who will listen to you and tell you, hey, look, everyone has problems that they're going through. Everyone's going through something. You can rely on me. That's all I wanted to hear was that. And I didn't get it. I had one ex-friend that did listen to everything I was going through and had convinced me, hey, look, we all have a purpose and mission in our lifetime. Don't you want to see what you can do down the line as you get older? Think about what you're doing now. It will affect not just you, but the people that are in your life. Think about them. Don't be selfish. I'm like, I'm not being selfish. You are. You're not thinking about the people you're going to leave behind. You're not thinking about the people you're going to hurt. If you decide and you tell me, I'm ready to give my life up. God will frown upon you. If you have a close relationship with the man upstairs and he hears you talking like that, he won't want to give you a second chance. He'll be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. But you're not going to go anywhere but hell. Do we really go there? We don't know. Taking your own life is a big sin. I've always said to people, it's the greatest sin you could commit. Why have a life if you're going to take it away from you? And then the thing that I don't understand is the time when I was going through that hell with my ex, the first guy I was with, he choked the living life out of me. I stopped enjoying the things that I did. And for what? To please him? Ladies, if you're in a relationship that's like that, where a man is choking you, and I'm not talking putting his hands around your neck and choking you. I'm talking about choking the life out of you. In other words, you have to live up to his expectations. You don't have to. He doesn't want you to go out. He doesn't want you to have friends. He doesn't want you to interact. It's like he wants you all to himself. God forbid if you do something and he gets upset by it, then you have to beg, oh, honey, I promise I will never do this again. No. Somebody shouldn't do that to you. A man shouldn't be expected for you, to, for him, to please him in the way he wants you to please him. Because when you start giving in to him, you're giving up you. You're giving up who you are, right? You know what you want out of life, right? You want to be happy, but at the same time, you also want freedom. There's nothing wrong with freedom. There's nothing wrong with independence, 
people and relationships should be equals, right? I am equal to you, you are equal to me. But when you have someone who says, you're not my equal, I'm the one who makes the decision. I'm the one who makes the choices. I'm the one who does everything in this relationship. Guess what? Then it's not an equal. And God forbid, again, God forbid, if you do something to upset him, he will make your life a living hell. So with my ex, he was choking the life out of me. He was choking the life out of me. He was making me... He was suffocating me, and I couldn't understand why. There were times when I thought, do I want to be here anymore? I thought about the people that I had in my life, the people that meant something to me, but he was the type of man that just didn't want me to have any type of happiness, no fulfillment, nothing. Wanted to keep me shielded from everybody, but yet he was allowed to go out and do his thing. I said to him, how dare you? How dare you treat me the way you have? That it's easy enough for you to go out there and be with your friends and have a good time. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in this apartment waiting for you to come back, not even hearing a phone call or anything from you. And you're out there having a good time, not thinking, well, maybe I am worried about you. There were times when he would come in at 2 or 3 in the morning and wouldn't say where he was. I didn't want to question it, and I didn't want to have an argument with him. So I waited till the next day. That was a big mistake. Now he's saying, are you questioning me? Of course I am. Why wouldn't I? You do the same thing to me. The one time, though, what I really did, because he was not talking nice to me, I just hung up, but he was drunk, right? When you're drunk, you don't know what you're saying. You have no sense of who you are. You'll have no sense of yourself and your actions and your words because when you drink, alcohol takes over, right? Again, ladies, don't fall for a man who's going to tell you, hey, one minute he's angry with you and the next minute he's apologetic, comes down crawling on his hands and knees and says, oh, honey, I can't live without you. If something happened to you, I would die. I've heard of that before and look what happened. I was with him for five hellish years. He never wanted to change. He never did change. The only way he ever wanted to change is if he wanted to do it himself. And for what reason? To keep the love that we had? There was no love. He didn't want to get close to me. To him, I was more of a a poison, if anything. And I said to myself, well, I can't live this way. I refuse to be in this type of relationship. It's suffocating me. And I told him, you are choking the life out of me. Literally, you are choking the life out of me. When I tell you about everything that is going on in this world, what kind of people are in your life? Who's on your side? Over here in this part of the world, minus the family, because again, they don't understand what I'm going through. I'm just going through tumultuous time right now. And it's stemming from my past. When they say, well, what is keeping you from moving to the now, to the present, to the future, the past? Everyone always says, keep your past in the past. When you bring your past to the now and to the future, it's going to create a a little bit of tension. You're right. I haven't thought of him in over 17 years, and all of a sudden, what's going on now? He's resenting the fact that I'm living and breathing and walking on this earth like everybody else because I deserve it. I got that second chance from the man upstairs. He could have easily said, hey, we are not going to give you a chance. We're going to let the cancer consume your body. 
But then that would be a slap in my mother's face because my mother did not want to hear that. My mother wanted me to have a life. Can you imagine me being taken at the age of 35? I wouldn't have been able to know what it was like. Well, what could I have accomplished? What could I have done in my lifetime so people would recognize me, so I would be something to them? You know, it's very hard to please people. A lot of people try too hard. I'm like, but why? If they're not worth the time, and if they don't care about what happens to you, why are you impressing upon them? Again, social media. I blame social media for all the news story. I had somebody on my on Instagram where somebody actually contacted me and said, hey, look, there's somebody out there portraying to be you. And I'm like, really? Did you have a conversation with this person? What did they tell you? Oh, they said they were you. You have to be, quote, a detective to find out what it is they're up to. I do that with people. I used to in the day. I'm not on there anymore because I don't want the... I don't want the the rubbishness, the rubbish, as they call it. It's rubbish. Dealing with people on social media, try to convince everybody who you are, that's very hard to do because they don't want to hear it. They want to hear something else. They can make you out to be, quote, a bad person. Everyone's like that. Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter. Although now Twitter has been bought by Elon Musk, so things are going to be a little bit different. I haven't been on Twitter. I have an account. I haven't been able to go on it. I don't want to go on it. It's too political, too religious. See, if I were to create a social media site myself, I would talk about things that matter to other people. Not politics, not religion, and definitely not what's going on on the news, because when you put your own opinion on anything that you hear or see, guess what? You get attacked. What, what happened to freedom of speech? What happened to that? It went out the window, right? The social media, you can't put your own opinion on there. Because again, you will get attacked by either people you know or people you don't know. And everyone is always trying to say something bad about someone else. It's like a tabloid reporter. They choke the life out of you. They have to make up a story so everyone would react to it. It's poison. I liked the life that I had before technology became a big deal. If you say, well, would you, what time would you rather go back to? The time before all the social media nonsense was born. When my mother and father were alive and someone would be talking about us or just someone looked at us the wrong way, again, they had a way of dealing with it. And in some cultures, they believe that if you give somebody a certain look, something bad will happen to them. I believe it. I don't even have to say anything. I don't even have to put a curse on you. I just look at you. Something is going to happen. It may not happen right away, but it will happen. In European cultures, that's what they believe in the evil eye. You may have something hanging in their rearview mirror or somewhere in the house. My father, back in the day, when he was trying to stop smoking, he used to play with his rosary beads. And after a while, it got to be a little annoying because it was a constant. He couldn't do anything else. He was trying to fight off the urge to put a cigarette in his mouth. And I said, Dad, candy, gum, do something other than that because what you're putting in your body is a cancer stick. Now, he tried to quit a few times, but he always went back to it. It was an addiction with him, right? And he would play with his rosary beads or he would have them in his pocket jangling a pair of keys. Like I said, after a while, it got to be too much. He couldn't give it in. He couldn't give up the habit. And even when he was diagnosed, 
turn to the cancer stick. And my mother made me be the bad guy here. She made me be the person to find out what he was up to. Where was he hiding it? I didn't want to be pitted against my mother and father. In a way, yes, I scolded my father. You're diagnosed with a disease that's going to kill you, but also, also, you're continuing to use that cancer stick because you think, well, if I'm dying already, this is the mentality he was, if I'm dying already, then why can't I enjoy it for one last time? Because you're dying. You're not thinking about the people around you. You're thinking about yourself, right? My father was long gone, though, because, again, when he was diagnosed with lung cancer, it went all the way over to his liver and eventually went up to his brain. Ate at his brain, but he couldn't remember who he was or who we were to him. I watched him die peacefully, though. Yes, he was in pain for a little bit. And the nurse made it understand, and he goes, you know, you have a man who was once someone you looked up to. I still looked up to him, but I didn't recognize him laying in that bed because I said, this can't be my father. My father would never, ever give up. He would fight, fight all that's left of him to get rid of this illness that is slowly taking away his insides burning a hole in his organs. If you could see me, the pain goes through my eyes every day. I miss having his presence around me. We used to take walks together. We used to be so close to the time that we spent together. In the times that I felt that my life had no meaning, he stopped me from doing the one hurtful, forbidden thing to do is take your life. Forbidden. I forbid you to do that. Broke down crying, him, my mother, me, all three of us up in their room. Why? Why do you have that feeling? Now again, I was only 19 at the time and I thought, well, I'm, my life is over. What do you mean your life is over? At 19, your life is over? It can't be as bad as you say it is. It is bad. And he goes, explain to me why you have those thoughts. And I would try to make sense of it. But see, taking your life doesn't make sense to me. You're only 19. You have plenty to live for. You have so many things you want to do. Don't you want to accomplish? Don't you want to become great at something? See, when you're 19, when you're at an age that's not in your 30s and beyond, when you're under that age, you don't know what you want to do. You keep changing your mind. That's why I said, when you get to be 30s and beyond, the best times of your life start at that age because now you've established yourself. You know where you want to be. You know where you fit in into this beautiful world. And you could start at any time. You don't have to start at a certain age. Look at all the greats, people who have made it. You know, Elon Musk and, and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos and all those people that created all these companies. They started later in life. Again, you don't have to start when you're young. Because when you're young, it really is not going to make a difference. But when you get to be a certain age, you have an idea of what it is you want to accomplish and how you want to do it. I just wish my father was here. I can have a conversation with them. And I wish my mother was here. I wish both of them were here. We could sit down and we could discuss what is bothering me. Can you help me out? Help take away this pain. I cry at night, I see demons, I see and hear voices in my head. Can I survive? Can I make it through another night? I hope to God, I hope I was able to wake up the next morning. I always worried that at some point during the night, 
my heart will stop beating. But I don't even know it. Nobody will know. They'll try to find me, come check up on me. And when they do find me, it'll be too late. Now, I don't want to have those morbid thoughts for all of you. I'm trying not to, but I am scared. My life has not been, quote, easy. It's always been some type of drama, some tragedy. I've gone through, I've been exposed to many people's deaths than life. If someone said to me, oh, did you hear about the neighbor? She passed away. No surprise there. She was sick for a long time. If you're in a lot of pain, you want to be released from it, right? But you also have to understand something. If you have someone in your life, they're worth holding on to. They're worth fighting for. If you want to be in this earth for a long time, that's what you need to do. You need to hold on as much as you can. And whatever you do, don't start arguing. Don't start putting down. Give that person in your life a chance to make it right. You know, I always think that if you don't give me the opportunity to prove myself, then you're never going to accept me. I was never accepted in this world at all. and I wish that things would have been a lot different. And the things I always wish that I could do for myself, I would. mark in this world, a legacy behind. I don't want to be known as a woman who almost had it all and she got her life cut short. That would be the next news item, right? And imagine if someone found out about it and they were shocked. And I found out about the one woman that I wanted to get in touch with on Instagram when she was going through her kidney cancer, Haley Maggie, and I made that tribute. I thought there's plenty of time to want to connect with her because she inspired me. When she passed away, my life just crumbled. Every time had something to do with cancer, whether it was somebody famous or non-famous, it hurt. And I said, why am I here? Why did I get that chance and they didn't? Why? I ask that question every day. Why am I here? What is my mission, my goal, my purpose? I'm hoping that all of you will one day, will one day, Remember everything that I've taught you, inspired you. If there is any anybody out there who wants to know, wants to know about a topic, or wants to suggest something, feel free to reach out to me in the comment section. Feel free to tell me what it is you want me to talk about. What do you want me to? What do you want me to bring on the table? What do we want to talk about? Because there's so many topics out there. Loneliness. I touch on everything. Why? Because it's a part of my life. It's a part of my life that can't be escaped. I wish I could turn back time and start all over again. I would just do things differently. But unfortunately, we can't go back and unchange the things we've done. 
to ourselves, if you look back at your life, if you can go back and see a whole movie of all the things that you've done, you're like, oh my God, I'd be shocked. Why did I do this? Why was I involved with this person? What possessed me to do this? You know, again, when you lose someone close to you, it's very hard to get back to a sense of a normal life. It's not impossible, it's just, it takes a lot longer. I was always searching for my father when he passed. Then when my mother passed away, I stopped living. I couldn't or wouldn't enjoy any of the things that I had done with her. I wouldn't watch any of the shows I watched with her. I wouldn't go to the places we frequented because I was always afraid that I was doing a disservice to both of them. When I go to the cemetery and I haven't gone in a long time, and I thought, oh my God, they're gonna, they're gonna be upset with me. But I think my mother understood. Now that you have a job and you have someone else you're focusing on, that's what you should be doing, focusing on your job and on him. In order for you to succeed and to be happy, in order for you to make a difference in someone's life, you have to get over the fears that you have within you. And you also have to see things in a positive light. And it's hard in this world. It is a struggle. Every single day I wake up and I think something good's going to happen, but then something else happens to take away that good. I'm always looking over my shoulder. I'm always saying, am I going to find a peace, a serenity come over me? Or am I going to be constantly looking over my shoulder and wondering who's following me? Who's out there? I sometimes don't feel safe. Now you say to yourself, I have that measure of protection. Yes, we all have a protection of some sort. We have an angel that's watching over us. But in the, not in the physical sense, in the immortal sense. We have an angel watching over us. God is watching over us. And he will make sure that we will be protected. If you have a strong connection with God and relationship, stay with that relationship. Don't let it go, get away from you. Don't let it get away from you. Again, you don't have to be religious. I know a lot of people haven't gone to church. I haven't myself have not gone to church. I have not stepped foot inside a church since my mother passed. Because a part of me, once I walk into that church, that's the first image I'll see. And I don't wanna have that image. I know a lot of people are saying, but that's being selfish. <clears throat> if you've ever lost someone in your life and you've been in an area where they have been, it's haunting. She was a church-going woman. We went to church on the holidays or just a Sunday or when there was a time to memorialize, which I thought at the time was very unhealthy because she wanted to do these memorials for my father. He was no longer. I said, Mom, this is not going to bring him back. No matter how many times you memorialize someone, and it's been that long, you're reliving it all over again. You're not letting go of the pain. The pain is keeping you like a prisoner. Release the chains, release that chain of pain. Chain of pain, isn't that what it's called? So I'm called the raven of the night because I reflect on everything that's happened from the morning, the afternoon, at night, when it's dark and everybody's sleeping, it's quiet. There's a sense of quietness enveloping you. The thing that I want to teach all of you is to be patient, is to persevere, and to practice. Practice what you preach, right? Isn't that what, what people tell you all the time? Practice what you preach. 
when you preach to others about what about you and your circumstances, you want them to practice. But again, everybody's views of life and ideals and how they handle things are different, and that's fine. It's okay for us to be different, and it's okay for us to be standing out in front of everybody. What's not okay is to have negative thoughts come through into your head. Negative thoughts that tell you, maybe I should give up. There's a part of me that's scared, though. Will my happiness be a happily ever after, or will I be a no more? Will I cease to exist? That's the question that's still remaining. Will I cease to exist? Will just be a distant memory, a painful memory. And I've seen people, when they pass, how they celebrate a person's death. How do you celebrate a person's death? In other words, you're happy that they're gone? That, to me, is an insult. I can't celebrate a person's death, but I can celebrate a person's life while they're still here. Funerals are a way of bringing everybody together, but it's a time of mourning. But when you go to another part of the world, they revere it as a parade. I don't like that. Yes, you're all in black and you're walking down the street. I watched a movie earlier that that's what happened. They celebrated a person's death. They carried his coffin as if it was a celebration of some sort. But everybody, now everybody's emotions at that time are different. Some people cry. Some people just reminisce on the good. But you know what? You shouldn't be celebrating a person's death. You should be celebrating when they're alive. That's when it matters because that's when they'll hear what's being said about them. They'll see what's being put in front of them. When you're gone, you're not going to know. So I'm going to leave it at that because I think that this topic I know is very morbid, but it is a part of our lives. Death is a part of our life. It's natural. There are some people that believe in the afterlife. There's some people that believe in reincarnation. I have my doubts on that, but at the same time, I'm wondering, can I come back and right my wrongs? But I'd be doing it in a different, as a different person, a different persona. I always wish that I could be somebody other than me. Back in the day, I thought, I don't like who I am. And you know why? Because of what people said about me. If you listen to what people say about you, oh, you should change this. You should be like this. No. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. I am me. I accept myself as me. All you ladies who are in relationships that you're being suffocated, you have every right to walk away from that relationship and start over. Don't let someone take you. Don't let someone define you. Don't let someone control you. The day you let someone control you is the day you have no say. You're a prisoner to them. You're chained to them. And I refuse to be chained. And I refuse to be a prisoner. I want to escape my past and I'll find a way to do it. But if you're going to tell me what to do, if you're going to show me pain, and you're going to inflict pain on me, then all I can say is, you're not a human. You're a monster. A monster who has every intention of hurting you. Someone who's going to take the life and squeeze the life out of you so you can't be here anymore. I don't want that. I want to be able to walk free. And I want to be able to show people, hey, look, I've gotten through it. It's a matter of time. But the problem is, or the big question is, will I be around? Will I be there to see what's going to come next year? 
find out, shall we? God bless all of you. Take care.